Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. today. A few weeks ago, it was decided that we wanted to take a few moments out of today's service um, to give, the Bible says, to give honor to whom honor is due. And uh, I am very thankful for that passage of scripture and the validity of those words that are behind it, because I believe that many, many times there are people that have touched our lives, whether that is directly or oftentimes our lives are touched indirectly by those who have given themselves to the ministry, and we are thankful for that. And so today, um, without permission ahead of time, um, we want to take a few moments and just honor Brother Bob Gibson. Amen. And um, our story goes back a long time, mine and his. Uh, <laughs> um, my wife and I started uh, in, the, in the ministry and preached our first um, message on March the 2nd of 1982 and, and began a journey there in our local church. And as we began to branch out and uh, got involved in organizational work and the very first time we ever went to a Ministers of Wise Christmas banquet was in that same year. And so we went to the where the banquet was being held and when we walked in, they had set a name tag on everybody's plate and uh, there was assigned seating, I suppose. And I, I had no idea what was about to unfold on that particular night. We walked around. Of course, we, this was our first time of ever even going to a minister's and wives banquet. And so we felt very unqualified and out of place and certainly were the new kids on the block. We walked around and found our name, name tags. And um, we had been seated next to a pastor and his wife. They introduced themselves as Bob and Luana Gibson. And uh, I had no idea, and we've talked about this many times, we had no idea that we were standing at the threshold of what was destined to become a lifetime friendship. And um, we were, of course, just beginning our ministry journey. And while we were just beginning and working somewhat there in, in our local church, Brother and Sister Gibson were digging out a home missions work just outside of Bradenton, Florida. wasn't long after that, too long after that initial meeting that they invited us to come to preach a weekend for them. And I'll never forget driving up to that white community center right by the railroad tracks. And um, we were very nervous, had not preached out very many times from home. And... Uh, we were, of course, a part of a home missions church there in Eagle Lake, and so we understood a little bit about home missions, but the church in Eagle Lake was a few years older than this particular work. And so while we drove up to a building that looked somewhat ordinary on the outside, it was some kind of community center, but there was anything, there on what was going on, on the inside was anything but ordinary. The power of the Lord and the presence of God would move so powerfully and and uh, the anointing of God and brother Gibson of course has always been a, a very energetic preacher and uh, and uh, many other words we could have inserted right there uh, to have gone along with that and I understood 
at that moment was reminded of the nature, sometimes the grueling nature of home missions. But I watched many times as Brother Gibson would conduct the service and play a flat top guitar and and uh, do what he could to have church and their family and uh, and he would just preach like there were a thousand people in that building and it wouldn't matter that there was somewhat under a thousand there and uh, but he just preached because he understood the value of the message he was preaching and not necessarily the number of the people that were sitting there and I think he also understood that he wasn't just preaching to those who were present but he was declaring the infallible truth of God. And that word goes forth just like we see it in the scripture. And what a great example of that is found whenever Ezekiel is commanded and commissioned to preach to the valley of dry bones. We watched from there, they moved uh, on the other side of the interstate, on the east side of the interstate. And it was there that they acquired some land and building of their own. In time... They felt led of the Lord to leave that particular work, and they left that work into the hands of someone else to carry that work on. As a matter of fact, that work is still in existence today. And uh, so many lives have been touched and changed. Brother Gibson, through Brother and Sister Gibson, certainly through the years stood to shepherd other congregations, and all through their life and ministry, they touched a lot of people. And have made a lot of friends. I've personally lost track of how many conversations that you and I have enjoyed together. We've um, talked around sitting outside by the fire. And um, we've met in all sort of different places. We have a picture, I think, here of you and I talking one night after church. And uh, it's been a few years ago. (laughs) And... uh, we were doing what we do best, and that was eating. A lot of good memories. As recent as a few days ago, I went to Brother Gibson's home to pray for him and to um, encourage him and strengthen him. He's had a battle, as we all know, the last little while. And even though when I got there, he said he wasn't having a one of his best days after we sat there for a little while and started talking about the word of God something that happens always started happening again I saw something light up in his eyes and in his heart and he said you know I've I've been reading a book he is an he is an avid rabid reader (laughs) and uh, always reading a book he said I've been reading a book and he said Man, the Lord has just really helped me see some things in Scripture and that I've never been able to see before. In a moment, he said, you know, I, I want to share this with you. And he said, I'll be right back. And so he got up and he went to his room. I offered to go and get that, but he said, no, I'll, I'll do it. And so he went, he came back, and he brought these books, and he opens them to the pages that were well-worn and marked. And he said, just read this and let me, share, let, me, let me share with you what the Lord has shown me. And again, there was just so many nuggets of truth and wonderful nuggets of gold. I was there to encourage him and I find him handing me a Bible, handing me a book, handing me something to encourage me. That's the man that I've grown to love all these years. I've never been able for... I don't know, probably a couple of decades at least, to read Malachi in 3, 3 and 16 without thinking about a man that I've shared so many conversations with, hundreds. Malachi three sixteen, the Bible says, then they, fear, then they that fear the Lord spake often to one another, and the Lord hearkened and heard it, and a book of remembrance was written before them that feared the Lord. And that thought upon his name. And so while I've lost track of the conversations, and I'm sure you have as well, it's kind of neat for me to think that God has a record of our conversations somewhere. And when we were talking about him, you can't talk about the Lord without him keeping a record of that. In recent years, about five years ago, the Lord made it possible for them to be a part of our assembly here. And our lives have just kind of done this through the years. We've 
Never, never been apart as far as a falling out, but just been in different places. Ministry took us different places, but we would always intersect at times. And then about five years ago, the Lord allowed our paths across again, made it possible for them to join us here at Hatchman Apostolic Church. And in those times, we have certainly had some wonderful moments again. We've shared several trips to hip hops. <laughs> Some of you know where hip hops is. I'm looking at Daryl. I don't know if Daryl's he he knows where it is. I don't know if he's been there or not. <laughs> he's been there. Okay. And we went, even though our wives, oddly enough, would not join us, we would go anyway. We stopped one day by McDuffie's Marina and um and we were gonna buy each of us a Polaris Ranger because we thought we could get them cheaper if we bought two. We found out that's not how that worked, but we did get a free test drive, so we <laughs> took him up on that. I wasn't able to talk him into buying a Ranger, but I was able to drag him into the high-tech world of buying an iPad. That's probably cost him more tears than happiness, but <laughs> nevertheless, I tried. And... Um, I just want to say today, thank you for being a friend, to say the least, you've been that. And thank you for the contribution that you've made in the last five years to Hatchbin Apostolic Church. Amen. We love you and appreciate you very much. Amen. Amen. You can be seated if you'd like. I want you to, we're going to take just. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> Today is an honor and ministry of Brother Gibson. My memories goes back to when I was really small. I don't remember how young I was growing up in this church. And Brother Gibson would come by and preach. As some of the pictures, the first of the older pictures you see in there, he was a, he was a, a pretty good sized man, and he but he preached as Brother Boyd said already. He preached with enthusiasm. He preached, you know, he was had one gear. He was wide open. He stepped behind the pulpit. He didn't start off getting built up. He was kind of reminds me of his, his son. Kind of reminds me of of him a lot of times. He don't have but one gear. He just takes off. But um, but I just remember that as a young child, every time he came, he preached. When he preached, you know, I just remember from his ministry. I remember. God touched me and just, you know, I just expired that. And, and throughout the years, as, as he, you know, different places and started places and churches and, you know, for many, many years, you, we did, I did, you know, didn't see him or we didn't, wasn't in the same place, but I remembered him as a child, remember him preaching, pre remember the messages that touched, that, that God touched my life in. But today I came here to talk about the last five years that he's been here just before that, God was in the middle of transitioning my ministry. And I didn't know to where at that point, but just a few long time later, I, God opened, the, laid on my heart to start the church in Madison. Here I was just, I grew up in church, but I didn't ever consider myself as a, to do something like that. But, but God knew what he needed and what I needed, not what he needed, what I needed in my life. So he brought a couple people, but he brought Brother Gibson into my life at the time where I needed him the most in my, ministry, in my ministry. I've told him many times in private, I said, I know why you're here, why God moved you here five years ago. And I'm not being selfish, but I believe it was because for me, for what I needed. Because there's times in the last few years, especially I've sat in his living room, when things was, you know, starting a church and things, you know, Things that didn't understand what to do and things what what to expect. I sat and listened to stories that he told, because this man started over over half a dozen churches from the ground up. So who who better could God bring into my life as somebody that I already knew, a minister that I already looked up to, but someone that had that had corn in the crib. He had stuff that he had he had started churches. I remember as a child growing up, times he was ministering, and sometimes while he shared some things in life, sometimes of 
trials and things that he went through. I remember them as a child. But when he preached behind this pulpit, he preached with anointing that you never knew. That he may have been going through a trial in his life. But you never knew it when he stood behind this pulpit because he was preaching the word of God. And he preached that with fervency. He preached that with anointing. And I, and I honor him, but I say I honor him the most of all because he, has, he don't know how much he has done for my life in my ministry. But just the, some of the subtle words, him and his wife, is, me and my wife, we was, we were, here we are, we didn't know what we were doing, and sometimes we still don't know what we're doing, but, but sometimes when we're almost at our wit's end, they've just had subtle words, I've been there, put their arm around you, and I've been there. I've been right where you're at. And that, that, that God sent that for me. Today, I just want to honor him because his ministry through the years, but I don't want to honor his ministry from the last few years. He may not be able to be stand behind this pulpit and preach like he used to preach, but he still has that word, and he's still going to have that word. He's, not, he's still here. He's still go, he's still, I'm still leaning on him to make it through. I just want to thank you for just... the Lord. Um, it's an honor to come and, and just share with you a little bit about my father-in-law. 1 Timothy 5.17 says, let the elders that rule well be count worthy of double honor. Amen. And um, that's definitely true for him. I can speak um, some words that I think that describe him when I think about him as strong, courageous, faithful, and wise. Um, I've known him for since I was a teenager, so about 22 years I met him. And um, my first memory was we were at camp and he had caught a snake. <laughs> so talk about being courageous. Um, there's an actual example of that. Um, you remember that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he wasn't scared at all, but he, you know, saved all of us teenage screaming girls from um, the horrors of a little snake. Um, two years later... Um, he was the man that married me, and um, so we have lots of wonderful memories there, and um, I remember just him helping, you know, you, you know you're repeating the vows and, and just things like that, and, I, you know, I'm trying, I promise I try every day to live by those vows that you said, and um, I know it was particularly hard when, and it made everybody laugh when they said to obey, and uh, I try. <laughs> I try. <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, I've seen him experience very low times. I've seen him deal with um, loss and um, just not understanding things, you know, just life. Um, I've seen him experience um, just discouragement, maybe. Okay, and I've, and I've seen him work hard. I've seen him sacrifice for his family and for the ministry. I've heard him preach powerful messages, just like you've heard. We all have. And I was there when he preached his heart out and slumped over in a bathroom having a heart attack. And him just, I'm fine, I'm fine. I've seen him um, love his family so much and just want to be with his family that we're out. And his appendix is rupturing. And he's just, I'm fine, don't take me anywhere. I'm fine. <laughs> Strong. <laughs> Strong. He's strong. He's courageous. He's faithful. He's wise. I've seen as his health has deteriorated how God's continued to use his ministry. Whether it's from a hospital bed, whether it's from a chair in his home, or whether from sitting right there, God has used his ministry, and he's he's got this wisdom. I can I can tell you some of my favorite memories, kind of like I ever said in the last five years, has um, been I go to the hospital to visit. And we just have those profound conversations that you were talking about. And to where he'll share with me just wisdoms and truths that 
I live my life by. There's prayers that I pray because of prayers that he has told me and that he has shared. And I'll tell you what I've learned is that as Christians, we're not exempt from challenges of life. We're not exempt from struggles and, and heartaches. We're not exempt from sufferings. And sometimes we face challenges that are going to make or break our witness. And I think about this. I think about Acts chapter 14. And in Acts chapter 14, Paul was stoned. And he was left for dead. They drug him out of the city and they left him there for dead. They thought he was dead. And the Bible doesn't say that whether he died, he could have died. I don't know. But the Bible says they stoned Paul and they dragged him out of town thinking he was dead. And then it says, but as the believers gathered around him, he got up and he went back into the town. And I can't help to think about that group of believers. And maybe young Timothy was in there. At that time, he would have been young. And I thought about, you know, here you've got a group of believers who have seen somebody beaten, abused. And more than likely, maybe Timothy thought, man, I don't want to do what he's done to end up like that. But then I think about what Timothy thought when he just saw that body twitch. And when he saw that body get up and when he saw that body move. The Bible says he believed. And I want to tell you, that's how I feel. Through anything that you've ever went through, it hasn't made me ever feel like I can't do it or I don't want to do it. It makes me believe. And I thank you for giving to the Lord because it makes me want to give. And give that much more. So I love you very much, and thank you so much for your witness. I'm going to be calm for a minute. I uh, speak from a very peculiar place. Being raised by him. Um. I, uh, my dad's always been larger than life. He's, uh, he was the biggest man on the block. Um, when, as a young boy, children would tell me, I'm going to get my dad on you. I, I never really had to worry about that because my dad was bigger than their dad. <laughs> um, he had natural strength like you've, <laughs> you've never known. Uh, Brother Bingham, when he was here not too long ago, he says, I've never seen a man that had just more brute strength. Than, um, you're talking about a man carry four blocks with no problems, not bricks, blocks. I mean, it was just, just a natural strength. And uh, as a young child, you know, um, seen a lot of things that you don't really think about how things were going until you get older. The things that, uh, that were bad or uh, depressing and um, maybe not to par as what uh, you would think they should be as a Christian family. But uh, uh, I've seen my dad do many things, but his his talk would always be, if I could just get there, everything's going to be all right. And uh, I remember, uh, obviously, many, I got many stories of faith with my dad. He's, he's a, as it's been repeated, um, he's always been an anointed man. I remember as a child uh, being amazed and I'd kind of sneak into the room to watch him pray. And uh, his whole, he'd be on his hands and knees, and I was saying it, sharing this this morning, his whole body would shake. And uh, that's how he would preach. His whole body would move and shake. And, you know, when dad would preach, or you heard an announcement dad was going to preach, someone's going to get the Holy Ghost, or someone's going to get touched, someone's going to get filled. Some, it was just that kind of ministry. And, I'm not talking in the past. I'm talking now. He, when he speaks now, someone's going to be stirred. Someone's going to be touched. But uh, 23 years ago or so, um, he had preached the message, 
and it's this message always, even to this day, is affected my life. And uh, I was able to look at this message when he preached it and looked in the past. But he preached a message called Running on Empty. And uh, I remember we had moved to Winter Garden and uh, we was having a, dad was trying real hard. I mean, you would never know, but if you did, you didn't say it. <laughs> but uh, we were having a hard time and um, we had an old three-speed on a column blue van. It kind of lined Ford van. It had one bench seat and that's where all four of us kids would sit. And the rest was back. That was a play area unless we were moving somewhere. Moving somewhere. And uh, Dad had made up his mind that God was leading him to Oklahoma. And uh, so we loaded up what we had. And uh, we got about a quarter mile down the road and the van tore up. And I remember, I, I remember this like it was yesterday. He pulled up in a van or in a field. There was no one else. I mean, I, I believe maybe a Winn Dixie or something like that, maybe in walking distance right there. And I remember all night long him underneath that van trying to fix whatever was. I mean, I don't to this day I don't know what was wrong with it. I'm not a mechanic, car mechanic, but but I remember where most men could probably get upset. start throwing things, <laughs> he was down there praying. And uh, I, to this day, I don't even know if, I, you know, I, my dad was always a hardworking man, but we never lived well beyond of anything that, you know, he, we didn't live in a credit card age where you just ran down and just bought what you want. You know, you had to make sure you had the money to get there. <laughs> but I remember him praying and the Lord moved on that van. We took off the Oklahoma and we was there for a while and we came back and we was in Hatch Bend for a while and uh, the Lord has moved in many, many places but through all that, through all the trials and things that I've seen him go through, even his health, um, Amanda kind of talked a little bit about the heart attack and how God met, <laughs> when he had that heart attack, it was like he walked down, shoulders bowled out walked to the bathroom, and went in there. And he was in there for a minute. I knew something wasn't right. So I walked in there, and I said, you open this door now. Because <laughs> it's a little bathroom. I was like, no, you open this door now. So he lets me in. He shuts the door, and he's laying on the floor, laying on the floor. And he pointed his finger at me. He goes, don't you tell anybody. <laughs> and I said, Dad, the ambulance is on its way. He says, don't you tell anybody. And um, I can tell you that, obviously, we, you know, we, y'all have heard the stories about the hospital and all that and how the nurse had kind of told us, it's time to pray. You know, we prayed and Sister Dyer and Brother Bill was there and they prayed with us and God moved miraculously. You know, uh, they told us then it wouldn't be, he wouldn't have six, seven, eight years strong. This is 15 years ago. And God is God has blessed him with good health, but uh, I look back on all that and look at the problems, like I said, and I can tell you this man has never, ever ran empty on faith, ever. He may get discouraged, but he knew God was going to get him through it. If I could just get to that next spot. If I could just get to that next area, God's going to touch me. And <laughs> I preached, I don't know, a while back. And I went over there after I was done preaching. I think I told you guys, even before service. And he says, if I could stand up, I would shout. And uh, I was actually searching for a title that day. And I just kind of titled it that way. And um, that man is what you see right there. He's... He's, uh, he's at at home when he was full of life and he was, he prayed that way. When he, the way you see him now, he prays exactly like that. He studies exactly like that. So what you get is a man and you're looking at a man that refuses no matter how much sickness, his heart is 
But spiritually, it's 100%. I promise you. His mind is spiritually 100%. He refuses to run on empty. And I think it'd be good if we made up our minds that we determined that we are not going to run on empty. That God is going to just encourage us and believe God is going to get us to that very next place. That he would keep on carrying us. My dad was a a $5 bill man. Every time we'd pass a gas station, he'd take out $5 bills and said, go get me $5. And many times, Brother Rayleigh gets up here and he talks about Wednesday nights. Well, I got a different story on that. Every time you make it to service, you need to get your $5 worth that way to make sure you don't run on out empty. That you're able to make it this place as much as you can so you don't run on empty. That your faith stays strong. You stay encouraged. I love you, Dad. There ain't never going to be another man like you ever <laughs> in my eyes. And uh, we're, I'm thankful for his ministry and what he has mean to me as a father. He's a good man. Sorry, I got another story. Um, 20, 20 something years ago now, Brother Campbell came into my life. I never knew the influence that he would make upon me. I really mean that. Um, I was work, working at a thrift way in um, the Funiac Springs in a meat market, and Brother Campbell was going to college and um, being a bag boy. And uh, I remember the end, just him, the first time he ever came, uh, he came into the Sunday school and he was, uh, he was a debater from the start. Um, my mom was a Sunday school teacher and I, I loved the, I mean, I would just sit back and just, because I knew what kind of questions were going to get asked and how they were going to get answered. And, and back in that day, people didn't question things as much as they do now and it was pastor's wife would just say it and or the pastor would say it and you just did it you know and um because you knew they were watching your soul but uh I've watched brother Campbell he has been a friend he's been a huge encouragement for me through the years after after 20 years of uh, me being raised and around the church and brother Campbell coming in and uh I've been able to really lean on him a lot and I'm thankful for his friendship very thankful for can we give him a hand clap this morning, we're thankful to have him here. Amen. Well, somebody say praise the Lord. Let me first of all say that uh, a legion of devils couldn't uh, keep me from being part of this service today. I'm so honored to be here. Honored is not the not the word for it. I truly, truly uh, would not be here had it not been for the man that we're giving honor to today, who loved me enough to preach to me. Uh, first generation apostolic, what Bobby's referring to is that I would be in Sunday school and it didn't matter what the subject was, that I had a thousand questions about holiness and you know, and what you could do and what was right, what, what was it not right, and I put them on the spot every time. Uh, but thank God they didn't give, give up on me. Um, I, uh, my Lord have mercy. Where do I, where do I begin? The, uh, what I, what I, I didn't know it at the time that the uh, investment that he made in my life was rare. You know, it was on up until I got called into ministry and got to being around other ministers that I realized that the time he spent with me and treated me like a son and just wherever he went, I was, uh, allowed to go to. It, it was more than a, a biblical uh, Timothy son in the gospel thing. Just wherever he went, I was allowed to go. It was like I was brought into a part of the family and just a lot of times I wouldn't even invite myself. To, I didn't, they didn't invite me. I would just show up and, and I would go and and uh, what, a, what a privilege, what a privilege it is to, uh, to have had his influence uh, in, in my life. Uh, I told my buddy Paul, uh, that I was coming here today for, for this service and uh, uh, to give honor to Brother Gibson. And he said, well, Brother Gibson has impacted every service we've ever had in Westfield. And I said, well, not, not just by me being there. I said, what do you mean? He goes, because you don't dismiss a service. 
without saying shake hands and show yourselves friendly, you're dismissed in the fear of the Lord. He goes, you got that for Brother Gibson. So he's speaking to us at every service. But uh, God is so good. He's so good. And uh, it seems like that uh, every time I come here, that, that I'm close to some kind of anniversary or milestone uh, in ministry. And then uh, Kristen had dawned on me that, uh, that after a while, if you just get old enough, you live long enough that just about everything becomes an anniversary or a milestone. But uh, August the 4th, August the 4th, 1996, six days from now, uh, this man, uh, sorry. I had 16 days to, my wife said, can you hold it together? And it's like, I can't. Um, but he believed in me enough and believed in my ministry enough uh, to send me uh, to preach off from home uh, for the first time. And the man over here believed me and believed him enough uh, to receive my ministry. And so my life has been forever changed uh, because of that, uh, you know, and not a lot of folks would, you know, I, I didn't have the, the background, the pedigree, I hadn't been in church very long, and, and folks would ask me, I didn't know then, how did my ministry advance, and I know now it's because the man here spent time with me and spoke to me and, and let me go and let me be a part of his life. And he just spoke into my life. And so there's, it's, not, it's not exaggeration. I would not be behind this pulpit today if it wasn't for him. Amen. I think we ought to thank God for that in Jesus' name. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. For preaching the truth to me, for preaching, for laying hands on me and me receiving the Holy Ghost. I want to share scripture with you if I can, and and hope it's okay. I, I, this is a different service. I hope it's okay. It's meant to be different, but uh, I owe him enough and honor him enough that the first thing that he uh, said when I hugged him on the platform, he said, "Well, you got a word for us," is what he said. So the best way I can honor him is going to preach. I'm not going. I'm not going to preach long. But uh, I've been brought up from the old school. I'm cut off the same cut of meat that he was, and I'll preach fast if you'll listen fast. Because I feel the Holy Ghost has given me something that he put in me. This man put in me. And I, I feel like God just brought it out to me during, even during this service and said, you need to preach this because I put it in him and I put it in you. And I feel the Holy Ghost is going to put it in somebody else. Amen. But anyway, but let, let, me, let me go. Genesis 49 and 22, uh, Jacob is praying over all of his sons. And, and he said this, I'm going to tell you what is going to befall you in the last days. And he comes to Genesis 49 and 22. And uh, he, he gets to Joseph. And Brother Gibson, he said this. He said, Joseph is a fruitful bough by a well whose uh, branches run over the wall. And I, I want to, if I can, if you allow me to, to make that connection uh, to me and you, everything that I've ever done, anything I've ever done in life and in ministry is just the connection between you and I and the branches running over the wall. That I, I'm 230 miles away from you right now, but your branches are still running over the wall. I've got three wonderful children, been baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost, actively involved in church. That's your branches running over the wall. Every time I preach behind the pulpit, that's your branches running over the wall. Been married to a wonderful wife. Uh, right here, we got married 21 years ago in June. It was you who prayed over our marriage. That's your branches running over the wall. I've got a, a guy in our church, young man. He's our section youth leader. Ministry's coming up under our ministry. That's not, that's not me. That's not me. It's your branches running over the wall. Hallelujah. It's the fact. Why? Because you love me enough to preach to me. You love me enough to lay hands on me. You love me enough to spend time and invest in me. You, you love me enough to, uh, to talk to me about prayer and talk to me about study and talking to me about uh, there's going to be highs and lows, but you just got to make up your mind to live for God. It's what Bobby said, that if I can just get there, it's just not, it's not all the glamorous one day at a time. It's loving God and, and living for God. And if you'll do that, God, uh, uh, bless you every step of the way. But uh, there's no doubt, it, it's not, uh, it's easy. 
easy for me to give honor to you today. It really is because nothing would be uh, in my life without your influence. No, no joke, nothing. And so even whatever, whatever we do, whatever we may accomplish, diminish, whatever it may be, whatever, when my kids grow and become and grow into whatever God's called them to be, it's just your branches reaching over the wall. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost and, and what Bobby does by faith, how he works in the Holy Ghost. It's just your branches reaching over the wall. Hallelujah. So don't think for a moment that if, if I can stay and I can shout, that doesn't stop what God's done through you, what God's going to do through you, what God's going to continue to do through you because you became a man that says, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to plant myself here. I found a well. I found a treasure. I found something worth looking for. And because you became a fruitful bough your branches have ran over the wall and for that for that I'll never be able to repay you for that I I'm, I'm a blessed man I, I I'm almost share this that we were at family camp and um all five of us huddled up together and, and I just for a moment was able all three of my kids were just speaking in tongues the Holy Ghost moving on them and I thought just how much of a blessed man I am but that wouldn't be possible would have been possible, you know, for if you hadn't taken that finger. I've, I've been on the end of it. I've been on the end of it. Uh, uh, that I, that I, I said, dear Lord, who did he preach to before I showed up? I said, uh, I thought I was a sacrificial lamb. You know, we'll just, we'll throw him out there. We get through with him. We'll bring somebody else in because I was the subject and punchline of every sermon. Amen. And, uh, but I'm grateful that he loved me enough to preach to me. And it's become my lot, Brother Gibson. Uh, for uh, we've said quite a few things about you, uh, but but it would it would honor us today if you would share a word with us. If you would help me give honor to my pastor, Brother Bob Gibson. Well, you finally caught me without anything to say. I tell you, I'm humbled at what all this. I had no idea about any of this. I promise you. Till I looked at that scheduler and I seen senior at the back of it and says, oh, no. But uh, you are all my friends. Me and Sister Mary was talking about this morning. Favorite people is this church right here. I live every week to go to church. And when I'm one thing I guess I ought to just say is I was thinking about something a minute ago, brother. Never fear your enemy. Learn never to fear your enemy. Because I had a man one time that was a preacher, an evangelist. We'd done concrete work. And I've worked hard. I've worked all my life. Even when I was building, helping building churches and stuff, I was working. I had to feed these youngins. And uh, I remember a preacher sitting down next to me. He was an evangelist, and he was, look, he was just kind of between places. And he looked at me one day, and he said, Brother Gibson, we were just sitting there talking. And he says, Brother Gibson, if you ever quit God, it's because you let the devil fool you. So you don't never be afraid of the enemy. You better fear him that can kill the body and the soul. And that's one thing I learned in my life was to, to never fear, the, not to fear the enemy. Oh, it gets scary moments. I ain't saying that don't happen. But we can always find a place in Jesus. Always. I don't care what the circumstances is in your life. I, I, I right now today still love this gospel more than anything. You come to my house, you're going to hear about Jesus. I'm telling you, them, them, them nurses that come from hospice to come around and check on me, they walk away a better person than they ever got there. <laughs> but, uh, your life can be full just like that. Brother Campbell is absolutely right. And Brother Campbell has been a real delight to my life. Uh, uh, I never expected this to be happening today. Um, brother, 
And my pastor is the greatest guy in the world. He has always been the best man that I've ever known as a friend, more than a friend. And um, if you don't have a friend like Brother, um, like these two great men are, then you need to find one because you're going to need him in life. Brother, brother, brother Boyd, and we've never, we've all, we've not always agreed on the same thing, not by a whole long shot. But there was times when he told me, you know, it takes as much faith, I believe, to um, it takes as much faith to listen to God say no as it does say yes. Don't take much faith to hear God say yes. But you better listen to him say no and still love it. And still love him. Because you'll find out that no was a bigger answer than you ever dreamed it was going to be. Hallelujah. I've done things out of the will of God before I knew. But I found out in the middle of it, he was always saying no, and I paid the price for it. But he was always forgiving, always loving, always kind. Hatchbend has always been a refuge to me. I've never understood understood why I liked Hatchbend so much. Um, it was nothing when I was young but heartaches. I mean, I was a slave in the tobacco field. <laughs> I drank cold water out of a gallon jug. And every once in a while we'd get a, um, a uh, RC cola and a moon pie. <laughs> and they're still trying to pawn that stuff off on me. I got a canister over in my house right now that shows the uh, there's a canister with a moon pie in it. So life has been good to me. God has been good to me. There's nowhere else to go but to God. Nowhere else to go but to God. I'm glad I finally made it to the mountaintop. I've I've, uh, let me just say this one more thing here. Something was on my mind a minute ago. That time, some time ago, that uh, Bobby was talking about, I think, when I went out to Oklahoma. Maybe I went out there to see Billy Dyer and and Betty Dyer, and I was out there at their church visiting. Then I went to the a big. This is when I was young, young, young in the Lord. And I just kind of measure it to the top, to the to now, making it to the top, I guess. But I went to a big church in Oklahoma City, UPC Church in Oklahoma City, one day, and um, my pastor had evidently said something. The pastor out there had said something to him about me coming there because I didn't know any of these people. I didn't know. I came tell you today who the pastor of that church was, but it was a big one. And I came in there and introduced myself to it was people were real nice. It was people everywhere. And he asked me, "Would you come to the platform with us this morning?" I said, I was dumbfounded, really, Brother Campbell. I went in and uh, I said, yeah, I'll do it. So I went up on the platform with them. And about the time they got to the place that they were wanting to pray for the sick, they asked me to go up and take the, pla- take the, take the platform and uh, ask anybody that they needed any prayer for the sick. So I, I said... 
Boy, I was scared to death then. They weren't my enemy, but I was scared of them. <laughs> so I walked up there and I didn't know what much to say. And I asked if there was anybody that had a prayer request. And about that time, a young lady sitting way back in the back of the church stood up. And she says, I wonder if y'all will pray for my baby. She had a, a baby in her arm. It wasn't really her baby, it was her sister's baby. And she says, I've been all over this town, Oklahoma City, trying to find a place that pray for my doll. And I guess evidently she believed in divine healing. And I said, I didn't, I didn't know how they operated, you know, so I just turned and looked back at the pastor and said, tell her to come up. So I said, come on up and we'll pray for you. And she come on up. We anointed her and prayed for her. She went back, sat back down. We started to resume the church service again, and pretty soon this woman stands up and she says, I want to say something. When I came here to this church today, my baby had a hernia in its stomach. It had a big old knot in its stomach. And said, when y'all prayed for her, she says that hernia is gone. The knot's gone. So there's always a testimony to give about Jesus. You should always have a testimony to give about Jesus. You should be never afraid of no man. You fear no man. Fear no devil. Walk with God and God will walk steady with you. God bless you today in Jesus' name. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806. Or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.